just read along with me, okay? I'm just going to read it for you guys. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, but also looking back at the ESV from time to time. I'm going to start. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a crowd, a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. So here in this passage, we see that our life as a Christian, it's compared to uh, running a race. I'm sure you guys heard that a lot. You're running the race. You're running the race of faith. And when I think about the race, when I think about this race, I think about a marathon. How many of you guys ran track in high school or junior high? I did too. I know I don't look like I really did. <laughs> I ran track. And for me, I was actually a short distance runner. So I was a sprinter. Um, I was not a long distance runner. Uh, but the reason why I think of marathon with the Christian race is because when you think of a marathon, it, it requires a lot more discipline, right? It's long. It feels like it's never going to end. <laughs> you have to continue to strengthen your mind daily, your body you need to be strong, right, to endure this long distance. Not just that, there's so many external factors. Because it's a 26-mile race, it's not just a smooth race. You're not running on a track over and over again, but you're faced with different things, whether it be like a slope or, a you know, like a hill, uh, whether it be the wind all of a sudden like just raging against you, right, or, you know, uh, somebody next to you running, but it, there's so many people around you because a lot of times when you're running marathon, you're running with like billions of people, right? Um, there's other factors. It may be too hot. And so 26 miles of this, there's a lot of like emotional, you know what I'm saying? It, it's a little bit draining at times, but it's good. <laughs> In the end, it's good. However, with short distance, because I ran, I, I ran track, but I did sprinting, you're running a 100, maybe 400, to 400 meter max, right? For me, when I ran a 400 meter, I wanted to die. My coach didn't prepare me, and he said, she said, you're going to run the 400 meter. I'm like, no, I'm not. I seriously died. Like, I was running, not, like, literally dying, but right after, I, like, went like this, and I'm like, and I just fell to the ground. And I'm like, coach, my whole body fell asleep because <laughs> I was drained, right? But for sprinting, even, even a 400, though it seems so long in my mind, honestly, you don't, you could sometimes just run off of adrenaline. So sprinters also need training. You guys have to do weight training. You have to, you know, pump irons for nice thighs or whatever. However, however, with short distance, a lot of times you could actually just, it's a 100. It'd be like, you know what, I'll just do this. I'll just run off of adrenaline, right? So you warm up a little bit and you just do it. So it's a little bit different from a marathon run. However, for us as Christians, Let's compare it more to a marathon because it's not a short distance, okay? So when you're running a marathon, like I said, it's, it's a battle with the mind. It's a battle with the mind. So, like, parts of it's super easy, parts of it's super hard, parts of it are torturous, right? Parts of it are just difficult and unbearable. You know, there's times where you just want to give up and be like, I can't do this anymore. And 
With marathons, actually, you could give yourself the excuse to just give up because it was just so long, right? And likewise, as a Christian, life is like a marathon. Our life of faith is like a marathon. It could be quite versatile. Can you agree with me? It's very versatile, right? It's not always like happy-go-lucky all the time. There's, there's, you go through different seasons in your life, okay? And here tonight, I believe that God wants to strengthen you. I believe that he wants to build you in your endurance. But first, we must recognize what we're running for, why we're running, and who we're running this for. Some of you guys in this room have been running this race of faith for yay long. For me, ever since I was born, I was born into a Christian family, right? I received Christ at like sixth grade. I've been running this for a while. Some of you guys just met the Lord, right? So everybody may have different starting points in this race. However, you're confronted with similar traps if you don't have the right perspective in this life of faith. So here in this book of Hebrews, it was written for the Jewish Christians, Jewish Christians in Rome. Okay? And they were struggling with persecution. They were considering even moving back to their old ways of thinking. So they were thinking of even just believing, going back to the Mosaic law, just the law, and, and living their life by the letter, like the Pharisees, right? And however, for them, this book was written to encourage them, to empower them, to let them know that Though they're facing these different sufferings, letting them remember that Christ died for them. That Christ is greater than the Mosaic Law, right? That Christ is so much more powerful than they may believe at that moment. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So this book was to encourage the believers. And if it's written for those who are burdened with different struggles and sufferings, this this book was written for that um, because people are ready to give up. And for many of us, we can relate. We can relate with this because at times, don't you want to give up? You couldn't. Don't answer me. I did many times, okay? Many times wanted to give up. However, this book is encouraging us saying Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. And these believers, they're Jewish Christians, so they actually can't just go back to their old law. They're still, they still know the Lord, right? However, they were transformed by the gospel. They experienced the life-changing power of Christ, so how can they go back? But at that moment, they were tempted. For many of you guys, you guys came back from the retreat, right? For many. For many, uh, for some, this is your first, for, uh, for others, like, you couldn't make it to the retreat, it's fine. But you're, you're experiencing the gospel in your life. You witnessed him move in your life. You witnessed him move in, the, in those around you. Yet, like these believers whose faith was shaken by suffering and persecution, you may also feel this tension, this desire to just go back to your normal way of living. Because that's the easy way out, huh? You're running a marathon. Honestly, you could just stop if you wanted to and just take the, take the cab or take a bus home. So I went to Cheju once, and there's something called Olekir. Have you guys been to Cheju Island? No? 
some of you, I know the program um, sponsors you to go to Jeju, but they have these different tracks, these trails. And these trails are like three to four hour long trails. Man, I was dying. It's just walking, but you're walking, and it's just like not just plain, you know, it's flatland, but you're walking in hills. You're going in like in between rocks and the ocean. And I didn't write, wear the right shoes for it. And I was so tempted, so tempted to be like, hey, to my friend, let's just go on the main road and take the bus home. But my mind was like, no, I need to, because I'm pretty competitive and I need to beat my own self. So I'm like, no, 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 you're going to run this. Just deal with it. And I did it. Yes, I did it. However, I wanted to give up pretty often while I was walking this. And likewise, as believers, right? There's times where you just want to give up and take the easy way out. To just go back to your mundane Christian life. Go to church every Sunday. Maybe Friday, go to church. Beyond that, maybe Bible study, fine. Right? Or just to go back to believing lies that you were set free from. Right? Where the Lord said, you lack nothing, but in your mind, you're continuously believing, man, I lack this, I lack that. Or you're fearless, and all of a sudden, you're like, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm, man, this is scary, because conf- you're confronted with something that releases fear, and immediately you identify yourself in fear. Or you feel, you know, you want to go back to being moved by non-be- your non-believing friends. So, in the Whereas if where God was making you confident in your identity in Christ, right, all of a sudden you're shaken. Your faith is shaken just by one word. They're like, man, you're going to go to Emmaus again? And all of a sudden you feel like mad insecure and you're like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> right? You're not confident about coming to Emmaus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you go back to feeling overwhelmed, right? Feeling overwhelmed with your present struggles and your friendships or your finances. And, and so there's temptations to go back. But tonight, I want to encourage you guys that what you're feeling is not unusual. The tension, the shaking that you're feeling is not unusual because the struggle is real. Let's be real. The struggle is real. Therefore, in this book, he's encouraging these believers to stand firm, to be, um, to be strong, to endure, to persevere, because the struggle is real. So do not be defeated. Okay? However, this, like, though the struggle is real, right? It's calling us to persevere in our faith. In who? Jesus. Jesus has also come so that we no longer have to live by the law, but by the word, uh, it says that through him we would have eternal life. Okay? So unlike a normal marathon race, there are some key differences between the Christian race and a normal race. However, for many still, they sort of think that the Christian race is like a normal marathon race. Let me explain. They perceive it to be difficult. They perceive this race to be difficult. They perceive it to be something where they're running alone. Right? Because a marathon, most people, when you're running a marathon, it's a, it's a race against your own, your, yourself, technically. Because there's rarely any marathon runners that actually want to be first. Rarely. 
it's like those like few very competitive ones that it's like I'm gonna get the gold, I'm gonna get like the fastest score ever. But rarely, if that's that's the rarely the case. It's usually marathon runners they do it so that they could beat their own time, right? They could beat their own. So it's a battle against self. But our Christian race is not a battle against yourself. It's very different. But when you're battling against yourself in a marathon, right? You're striving. You're like in your mind. You're like. I, I can't eat this. I can't eat this. I have to do this and this and this in order to be this. In order to get this faster score, I need to run this many miles a day. And you're burdening yourself with everything that you need to do to beat yourself. But the Christian race is totally different. And let me explain. The race of faith is not easy, but it's supposed to be fun. When you realize who you are running with, The race of faith is not easy, but it's supposed to be fun when you realize who you are running with. A real marathon, you're running to beat yourself. And let's be real, you don't know who you're running with, right? Because you're there just to beat yourself, your own time, your own score, and then feel better about yourself, right? But then the Christian race, it's actually, but it's, you're not running for just yourself. And not just that, when you're just running for yourself, it's, it gets a little bit hard, right? So a marathon, for me, I will never run a marathon ever because I just think it's stupid. But if you run a marathon, I've, I apologize it's more because I'm jealous that you could run one. So I'm acting like I don't want to run one. But um, props to you. Great. If you ran a marathon. But I would never run one because I know the consequences of it. I'm going to get really tired. And I've heard some bad things about it. When people run marathons, your legs feel like jelly. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. Okay? But, anyways, I don't know why I got there. But the Christian race is supposed to be fun. Okay? So don't give up, but keep on running your race of faith. Don't give up. Even natural, if you're really determined to run a marathon, most people will not give up. For me, when I was walking that Oleki, I wasn't even running. I did not want to give up because I, I wanted to defeat my mind, <laughs> right? But the Christian faith, we cannot give up. Don't, more than we can't, don't give up. Don't give up. Here are the reasons why. So tonight, I'm going to give you three truths that you must know when running this race of faith. Because like I said, This race of faith, it could be burdensome and tiring if you don't have the right perspective, okay? If you think of it as a normal marathon and you relate the Christian faith to that, it can be mad tiring. And you can get exhausted and you might just want to give up. However, if you have the right perspective, this Christian, uh, this Christian race of faith is fun, okay? Here are the three truths. So first, we must keep running knowing that, one, Jesus finished the race for you. Jesus finished the race for you. Okay? You're not running the race of faith to reach for salvation. Through Christ, what? You've been saved. Ta-da! So you're not running to receive salvation. Okay? And here's one quote that I heard, I, I read from Tim Keller, and it really blew me away. Because, I mean, for many of you guys, you heard, like, be like Christ live like Christ, what would Jesus do, all these things, all these things, right? But here in this quote, it's, it's, 
I'll just read it, whatever. Listen, okay? Jesus is not just, he didn't just come as our example. He came as our substitute. He didn't just run the race as our example. He ran the race for us. He obeyed for us, and he satisfied. The gospel is not that we give God this great performance, and then God blesses us, but that in Jesus Christ, God gives us a perfect record, which we receive by faith, and then we bless him. Let me read it one more time, okay? Jesus didn't come as our example, but he came as our substitute. He didn't just run the race as our example. He ran the race for us. He obeyed for us, and he satisfied. The gospel is not that we give God this great performance, and then God blesses us, but that in Jesus Christ, God gives us a perfect record, which we receive by faith, and then we bless him. That is why you are here. That is why we worship the Lord. Because we know that the race is finished. You're not running to be accepted by God. Okay? Your faith, you're not striving to make your faith better. That's exhausting. Right? You're not running to receive love from God. He sent his son because he loves you. You can't run this race if you don't accept that Jesus was the finisher of faith, of this race. You also will not be able to experience God's love and every day will be striving to pursue his acceptance. Man, I don't want to live that kind of faith. That's very exhausting. Who wouldn't want to give up? But for us, Jesus came so that we don't need to strive. Jesus came as our substitute, and we just need to live this life and enjoy his very presence. We just need to believe that he finished the race for us, right? Through Christ, we're able to run with joy, knowing that we aren't striving to receive blessings and affirmation and love, but because these things are already ours. The Christian faith is not about just you. It's not. But... We are to give to others what we have freely received. Amen? Amen. And actually, when, when Pastor David was praising, right, and he was talking about the whole example of, of the girl, like you loving the girl or whatever, right, and you wanting to do everything. Like when you fall in love, you do everything for that person, right? You'll, you'll go to the end of the earth for that person. You'll even, like... If someone, if that person was drowning, you'd probably jump in and try to save them. I would never do that. <laughs> I would be like, I'll throw something and be like, come. <laughs> but, but that example is really perfect because here Jesus did it all for us. Therefore, because we received the full love of Jesus, Jesus Christ, right? We received the Father's love. We're able to run this race and actually have fun right? But not just that, you know, like if you really fall in love with someone, you're able to do anything for them. And running this race of faith, you're able to go longer because it's like, man, my father loves me. My father loves me. And then you're not even exhausted. Yeah. But here, number two, you must keep running knowing that you're not running it alone. Follow me. You're not running it alone. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. Don't do that. I am not running it alone. Mm. 
I am not running it alone. Don't follow me. Okay. First is this. While you're running this marathon, right, you already know that Jesus finished the race for you, right? But also, Jesus finished the race for you, He, but he's also there. Okay? And I'll give you a, a practical example. So last year... <laughs> It's embarrassing. Last year, I had this um, crazy, like, desire to pursue health, okay? And so I ran, like, at least five times a week, okay? I ran six miles five times a week. I was, like, crazy. I had this motivation, and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I did it for, like, two, three months, okay? And I'm not bragging. This was last year. This year, I need to start again. But while I was running, God gave me a lot of, like, cool revelations, and as a, when you run, like, yeah, there's something special when you're actually, like, aligned with the Lord, right? So I was running, and all of a sudden, I was just, like, running, and I felt the wind, okay? I felt the wind going against me, okay? And I felt the go- wind going with me, right? This is, bear with me. Felt the, <laughs> felt the wind going with me and against me, right? And at that moment, God was like, Tina, I'm here. I started bawling while I was running. I was like, oh my gosh, God, you're here. But what I felt was this. God's presence is there when you're running. And he's sometimes going with you and pushing you, propelling you forward. But sometimes it feels like he's going against you. Okay? So when you're hit with, like, sufferings or you're going through a hard time and you're just like, God, why? Like, blah, 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 right? The wind feels like it's going against you. But think about it. If you've also been in track, a lot of times people put weights on their legs so that they could run faster, right? Stuff like that. When the wind's going against you, you have to push harder. You have to push harder, right? But you're building endurance, okay? And when the wind's going against you, you're able to run faster. But when the wind also goes against you and then all of a sudden the wind goes with you, your, your speed is that much faster and you're not as tired. Do you get that logic? right? But in both cases, going with you or against, God's presence is there. You just have to perceive it. He's not going literally against you, but he's building you up. He's making you stronger. He's saying, I want you to grow in your faith and endure so that you will be stronger when he goes with you from time to time, right? But his presence is always there. So while you're running this race of faith, you're not doing it alone. But God is there with you. His spirit is leading you. He's building you up and he's causing you to endure. You're not enduring on your own and be like, man, I'm going to be a better Christian. So I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do um, this and that, right? But it's, it's causing you to endure. But Jesus didn't say do it alone. He didn't. He said, I'm there with you. And, you know, another example, when I'm running, you're happier, right? But when you're running in the presence, you, endorphins hit, stress is, you have less stress, right? And so it's just so much more fun. But for me, as I started, as my endurance started building up, because in the beginning, I would run like three miles right? And like I said, I'm very competitive in my mind. And so when I first started, I'm just, I was like, I'm going to beat my record with this. So I was running three miles at a certain pace. I'm not going to say, but I was running a certain pace. And then I was like, today, 
to, not today, but tomorrow I'm going to re, uh, run three and a half miles. I'm going to run four miles. But as my endurance started getting stronger, I got happier. And I'm like, yes, I'm running like six miles. But I, like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to sprint this one this time because I got so zealous and excited. So I started sprinting it. But that's how the Christian faith is like. Because when your endurance is built, you also get encouraged. God is not just saying build your endurance and be strong in your faith. But in that process, he's encouraging you and you get excited. It gets fun gets fun and so he is in the midst of your race he is with you right you just need to recognize he's there simple second it says in verse one since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses okay you're not running alone but you're also running with people and the cloud of witnesses those that went before us right And in chapter 11, actually, it gives us a history of all the saints that lived a life of faith, that lived a life of faith, and how God revealed himself to them and in their lives. Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph. You guys name some. Who else? Huh? Huh? Abel. Mm. Who else? Noah. Right, there's a lot. Okay. There's a lot, okay? So you have a lot of saints that lived before us and lived this life of faith. So for us, we can have hope and faith. Why? Because we know they went through it. For these men and women, they didn't have have people to go and show them what this life of faith looked like. They just had to believe. Abraham just had to believe. When God said go, he had to go. Did he look through a book and be like, well, uh... I'm, I'm not going make, to make up names because that's not right. But this person went, no, no, no. Abraham didn't have anybody going before him. He just had to believe. For us, we have testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies of how people live the life of faith. Yeah? And not just that. They lived a life of faith with so much zeal, with so much passion. They had fun. And though it was hard, they had fun. So for us, that gives us hope. Amen? That gives us mad hope, right? And here, you're not running it alone. Yes, we have the testimonies of the saints, but also in the natural, we have each other. And what um, Sarah was praying, what, we, what she led during prayer is, we're here for one another to build each other up in our faith. You're not running this marathon alone. You're not here saying, okay, it's just you and me, God. I'm going to run this, and I know you're here with me, so I'm going to run it fast and strong and all this good stuff. But no, he said he gave us people. He said to love one another as yourself. So we're here to, what, bless one another, to encourage one another, to sharpen one another, to strengthen one another. Right? And so the thing is, when you're thinking about your faith, instead of thinking about, oh, how can I make my faith bigger, it's how can I encourage someone else and build them up. Build them up. And so if that even means challenging someone to walk in greater measures of faith, I want to encourage you guys to do so. It may be offensive to some people and be like, well, you know, I have to do this and this and this. Do you understand I have this much to study? And if I don't 
you know, get an A. I'm going to lose my scholarship. And they're talking in fear. And many times for us, we see them talk, we hear them talking in fear. And what do we do? We're like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? Tonight, don't come out to maze. It's fine. It's fine. It must be hard. Yeah, you have to get that A. It's true. Man, for me, because I used to be such a people pleaser, though I was a Christian, when people gave me good enough legit excuses, and I'm saying this like very strong, excuses, thing is, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that must be hard, right? Man, that scholarship, that scholarship, you need to keep that. So yeah, just stay home and study. You know what? Don't go to church. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. You're feeling sick? Oh my gosh, you must feel sick. Stay home and read the Bible. Man, sounds pretty okay. <laughs> but as believers, we're supposed to believe for one another. Build each other up in our faith. We know that when they come into this presence, God will heal you like that. Do we believe it? That's the question. God is our provider, right? So the scholarship, wouldn't God provide? Our midterms? I know you guys have a lot of midterms. I had midterms too back in the day right i know it's stressful but let me tell you this when you put god first he will lead you he will lead you so bless your hearts he's gonna lead you guys don't worry (laughs) right but that's what we're supposed to do for one another build each other up in our faith And that doesn't just mean, yay, you're doing such a great job. Yay, you read your Bible? Good. Oh, yay, you prayed? Wonderful. Wow, you came to church? That's great. No, 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 no. You want to sharpen their faith and saying, so what did you receive? How did God speak to you? Right? You want to challenge one another, build each other up in one another's faith. In the other half of verse 1, it says, and let us... um, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Why would it say this in this passage? It's because so many of us still deal with it. So many of us, like I said, are weighed down by burdens, by anxieties, by fears, by your desires of the world, right? It may not even be bad things. Maybe your desire to go to a K-pop concert. Yeah, it, yeah, I know it's things for some of you guys. Maybe it's your desires. Oh my gosh, I'm missing my drama right now. Right? Some of you, it's like, man, I have to watch my football game right now. Yeah, I know it's football season, guys. I know for America, <laughs> it's football season. Okay? Or rugby or soccer. I don't know. It's not soccer season. Um... It is? Oh, sorry. It's soccer season. Okay? Uh, other things. You may be weighed down by, like, even, even the simplest things of, oh, what am I going to eat right now? I'm so hungry. I feel so sick. Man, I feel so sick. I am so sick right now. I am so sick. Even the simplest things, it weighs you down. Actually, even before service, I was getting pretty exhausted, right? And 
man, I got mad convicted because God was like, what are you preaching on? Because I was sitting there and I was like, woe is me. I have a headache. (laughs) Woe is me. My face feels like it's on fire. Woe is me. And that was weighing me down. Your finances. Your family. Weighs you down. The enemy, Satan, okay, he wants you bog he wants to bog you down. He wants to weigh you down in your worries of this world. He wants you to lose the race. But no, <laughs> for me I'm competitive. So I hate losing, especially when I know someone wants me to lose. I hate losing. Like out of mere spite, like I will work even harder. I will eat even healthier. Like, I will run, like, more than I ever can because I want to beat them. Like, I want to just prove them wrong, right? There's some people like that in your lives, okay? There's some people like that in your lives, and I'm not comparing them to Satan. But what I'm saying is this. (laughs) Satan wants you to lose really bad, okay? Don't let him lose. Now, for me, I get angry. I'm like, man, he wants, mm mm-mm. No, I'm going to even work harder. Not to prove Satan wrong, because honestly, Satan, he's under our foot. Okay, he's under our foot. So I'm not saying, like, Satan's so big that he's going to prove you wrong. No, 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 that's not at all. But even his little desire to make you feel, even, like, through the simplest worries, anxieties, those are mad simple. Your test, what you want to eat, seriously, that's going to consume your mind? Seriously? Satan's cheap like that, so he'll do it through the simplest things. Don't let him do that. Man, because it's like a little mouse being like, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? You know, like, that's what the enemy's doing. So not just that he wants you to believe that you're running this race alone. Right? So you're running with people, but he wants you to believe that you're running alone. So many times within this community, you think you're alone. You think you're alone, so your natural tendency is going to isolate yourself. Now, I'm not going to come out anymore. Why? Because it's me and God. You and me, God. You and me. You and me, God. My faith is going to be built up. Why? Because Jesus, you're with me. Yes. Hallelujah. You think that you're alone, but in reality, you are not alone. God is building you up in your faith through who? Him, but also the people. When you look to Jesus and believe that he is the answer to all your problems, not just your problems, but even all the good things, even all the good things in your life, when you believe that it was Jesus, everything's so much easier. Everything's so much easier. Not just that, like I said, you're able to run so much longer. It's that much more fun. Why does the Christian faith, for me, growing up in the church, so many people made the Christian faith seem so hard. They made it seem like it was like the worst decision in the world, right? They would be like, to the point where I almost got embarrassed, like to even say I'm Christian. I would just go into my closet and be like, Jesus, I love you. You know I love you, right? You know I love you, right? And then at school, I, because for me, I never really, um, my friends didn't want to taint me because I was relatively pure outside in the mind, no. But the thing is, for me, because I wanted so much attention from people, 
even the simplest thing, my friends would just be like, yo, 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 Tina, can you say the F word? And <laughs> for me, because I was considered pure, right? But I, ple- I wanted to please them. I, didn't, I never did anything like crazy, whatever. But I would just be like, F, right? And they'd be like, yeah! And for me, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> because that made them so happy, right? But no! As non, like for us, it's so crazy. I've said this many times, but for us, we make non-believers make us, us doubt our belief in God. We make non-believers make us doubt our like our belief in God. When in reality, we should our belief in God should make non-believers start shake. It should make them start question. Man, does this God exist? Is this God real? Our belief in God. Our confidence in the love of Christ should make non-believers be like, man, I want what they have. Man, how come they walk in so much joy? How come they have so much fun as a Christian? Why? How, Lord? <laughs> right? But let's be real. For many that grew up in the church, it was the opposite. And it shook us. It shook our faith. We were somewhat, what, persecuted a little bit for our faith. But when we know who we're running this race for, but that this person actually runs with us, it's easy and it's fun. I have so much fun. Like a lot, actually. (laughs) All right? And not just that, like I said, this race, it's not you running just for yourself. A marathon is not you just running to beat your own score in the Christian race. Think about it. You're running a marathon. If you're running a race, like let's say you're running, right? If you ran track, they would always say look forward. They would tell us never to look back. Why? Because that would slow you down. But the enemy always wants you to look back. You're like, look back at that. Remember this time? Remember you like, this person made fun of you like all the time, you know? Remember when you were suffering with this, this thing? When in reality, you were set free from it. And so the enemy wants you to look back all the time. Or he wants you to what? Look at yourself. But when you look at yourself, when you're running, can you run? No. But many of us, we, we look. We're like this. Running, looking at ourselves, Or looking back. It slows you down. It slows you down. And in this passage, it says... In verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The perfecter of our faith. Setting our eyes upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit's with us, leading us. We set our eyes on Jesus. He's not just our example, but he already finished the race for us. We just have to run in faith. Number three, number three, we must keep running knowing that you are holistically getting stronger. Holistically getting stronger. What I mean is your mind is getting strengthened, your, your heart is getting strengthened, and your spirit man is being built up. Okay, so this is more of the example when you're running. So when I was saying, like, remember when I was running, like, I got really excited because I started built, my endurance started getting built up, right? But not just that, my heart got stronger. 
it got stronger. That's why I was able to run faster. Because if your heart's not strong, you can't actually run faster. That's not, that's actually detrimental for your health when you're overexerting energy like that. My mind got stronger. It got really strong. Because after three, four miles, no longer was it three, four miles. I was like, oh, man, I could do five. I mean, I could do six, seven, easy. I'm going to get that back. <laughs> it's not easy anymore. But it was easy, okay? And your mind, my mind got stronger. But everything just felt clearer, too. So even my runs, I felt bouncier. I felt lighter, okay? I felt stronger, right? And in the natural, as you run, you build endurance. And it becomes normal for you as your endurance gets, as you get stronger, right? But also in the spirit, it's the same thing, okay? Your heart is strengthened. How? When your natural heart is getting strengthened as you run, right? Your heart is what? A muscle. It's a muscle, okay? And in the spirit, your heart needs to be tender, but it also has to be strong, but as you build endurance, your heart has to be tender towards the truth of God. So when God is speaking truth into your heart, your heart gets tender and you receive the word. But also, it needs to be strong. So when a lie comes your way, it's not going, you're, you're going to flex your heart and it's not going to go in. You make it untender. Okay? So, <laughs> not tender, right? So your heart needs to be able to sort of know what to, your, your heart needs to be strong in that way. Tender enough to receive fully the truth, but also strong so that things will just bounce. You think about your muscle, right? Muscle, right here, muscle. If your muscle is like mad mushy, okay? <laughs> mushy. If it's mushy, it, it also, it's, it, you don't look strong. <laughs> you don't feel strong right? Uh, don't take any of this personally, guys. I'm just saying, just think about the muscle in general, right? But when a muscle is strong, actually in what it looks like, it's very tight. It's very tight. And so like, you could probably like do like put something on it and it'll like bounce off. I'm thinking in my, right? I'm thinking in my, but your heart, come, go back to the heart. It's getting stronger. Okay. So when sin comes your way, when mistakes come your way, right? Your heart is able to discern what to receive and what not to receive because you're getting stronger. Okay? Your mind is getting strengthened. You're able to discern the voices of the enemy. You're able to fight against lies and temptations more easily. So as your endurance builds up, as your faith gets stronger in the Lord and rather than the things of the world, right? Your mind gets stronger. So now you're able to discern, man, this is my voice. Man, this is the enemy's voice, actually. Wow, this is the voice of God. And now you're able to sift what's not of you, and you're able to receive fully the truth. Your mind gets stronger. Jesus, he came, right? Jesus came and finished the race for us, right? When Jesus was crucified on the cross, he came to set our minds free. The enemy wants to attack our minds. God wants to strengthen our minds. Because this is where a lot of things happen. Okay? Let's be real. When someone dies, right? If your brain fails, if, you're, if your brain fails on you, you're basically dead. You're basically dead. 
because you have no ability. You, you have no mobility. You can't walk. You can't talk. You can't, if your brain fails on you, that's how powerful your mind is. So the enemy wanted to attack the mind by tempting who? Eve. Jesus came to set your minds free and strengthen your mind. Your mind is strong, guys. Your mind is strong. And many of us think that our mind has control over us. But in reality, let Jesus consume your mind and let Jesus have control over your mind. And lastly, your spirit is strengthened. Your spirit man is strengthened. So you're made up of a spirit and a soul, right? Your spirit man is strengthened and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger by the minute. And though we know that this is a truth, many of us, we actually hear the way to get stronger is actually by enjoying God's presence. And so how I want to encourage you guys is don't do it the opposite way. Don't try to pursue strengthening of the mind, strengthening of the heart, strengthening of your spirit on your own. You enjoy God's presence and he will do it for you. He will strengthen you. When you enjoy him, he'll strengthen you. Okay? As you run this race of faith, your faith will get stronger. It will get stronger. When you look to Jesus, he is the founder and the perfecter of your faith. We have faith through him. And then he finished the race for us, right? Let's not do it on our own. And so here, I want to give you guys some practical tips on how to build up your own endurance. And many of you guys heard this many, 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 many times, but I want you guys to receive it with a fresh perspective, okay? I'm pretty sure you guys could actually just do it with me. One way to build endurance in the natural, how do you, you need to pursue health, right? That means you eat healthy food. You eat healthy foods, Right? How do we do that in spirit? Through the word of God. But the word of God is not something that you search for to receive faith. But let it search you. Let it search you. The word of God transforms lives. It transforms lives. There's people all over the world. They actually, they, they just, they know the power of the Bible. Those that don't have access to it, they know the power of it. We have access to it easily. But we need to seek after the Lord through the word. Okay? That's one way to be strengthened. Two, in prayer. In prayer. When you're praying, you're seeking God's heart. Your heart gets strengthened when you seek God's heart. You look to him. You seek after him. You call to him and receive his very love over you. And you're able to not just that. You're able to also set your eyes upon him and the things of his heart. And no longer yourself and your own desires. Because God already takes care of you, right? And so in prayer, you're having direct communication with the Lord. We need communication with our Father to grow, right? And thirdly, in thanksgiving and in worship. Thanksgiving and in worship. And tonight when we were worshiping, I just started, it's so easy to fall into the trap of not giving thanks, 
because we're naturally wired to complain. We're naturally wired to think, wow, man, this person bumped into me. I'm going to punch them. Right? Or, oh, I failed again. I suck. Or, man, it's so cold outside. Why is it so cold outside? It's freezing. You have simple things like that, right? But we, we end up just complaining. Man, why is, why is SK Global so far from the station? Gosh. We have to walk up that hill, right? We start complaining, and it's natural for us to complain. However, one way to build endurance in your faith is by giving thanks. And as you give thanks, you stop focusing on yourself, but you start what? You're giving thanks to the Father and then letting that transform you. That'll shift your perspective on everything because you realize, man, life is not that bad. It's not that bad, seriously, (laughs) right? Wow, God, you're so good. Thank you for even giving me, like, feet to walk to SK Global, right? Thank you for giving me, like, tamchonon to get food from Yonsei, right? Simple things like that, you start giving thanks, and you realize, wow, I am not lacking anything. You realize you actually have a lot more than you've ever desired. You know, even, like, exchange students, four-year students, same man, I'm here in Korea. Why is Korea? Why do I have to walk all the time in Korea? Right? Why are Korean people so rude? Why are the ajumas so rude? Right? But when you realize, you're like, you start giving thanks. It's like, wow, God, thank you for bringing me to Korea. Thank you for giving me the airline ticket to come here to meet my, meet friends, to meet people that I would have never imagined that I would ever meet in my life. Thank you, God, for providing for me. You can't, you, seriously, Thanksgiving will just naturally come out. And it will transform you. And worship, worship. Thanksgiving and worship, it's, al- it's aligned. But worship is not just merely worshiping up here in the front and being like, wow, God, you're amazing. Right? It's, it's not just worshiping up here in the front. Worship is through your daily life your daily life when you're studying you're worshiping god when you're studying with joy recognizing that god's with you and saying god i'm pursuing excellence in my studies because this is an act of worship to you right you're worshiping god through exercising you're worshiping god right through just meeting with your friends through eating and enjoying your food you're giving god thanks and worshiping him Okay, And so worship is a part of your daily life. And when you make that a habit, other people will naturally gravitate towards you. Because they'll see, wow, this person, there's something different. However, in these three things, like I said, we have to shift our perspective. Okay, If you pursue the word on your own and strive, it's not going to have life. If you pray and you're like, oh, I have to pray, you're not going to find joy. Okay? You build your endurance by doing these things, but you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit of God. And like you're running the race, Holy Spirit's with you. You need to recognize his very presence and let him illuminate the word and let him speak to you. You don't always have to talk when you're praying. Sometimes just listen and let him speak to you. 
When you force yourself to eat healthy in the natural, when you try to discipline, honestly, it's not easy, but also in the end, you really, it's really hard to change that habit. Okay? So you'll do it for maybe like a couple weeks. Like for me, I did it for like two months, and after that, I haven't done it till recently, <laughs> recently, right? I haven't ran until the year later, right? Because I was trying to do it on my own strength. But when you do it through the Spirit and you ask God, God, change the way that I live my Christian walk. Recognizing you, you're no longer going to have this high and low, high and low, high and low. But you're going to be steadfast and you're going to grow in your faith and in your endurance. Amen? Amen. So, ask the Holy Spirit to continuously encourage you to help you daily recognize his presence in your life. Because God is there. It's not about being emotional. Don't be emotionally led to read the Bible. Okay? That's like not smart. Wow, I feel like reading the Bible today. Wow, God, you're here. I feel like praying today. Woo! Right? No, 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 no. You have to make, there is still an effort that you play. So when you make the choice to read, that's when you say, God, I'm playing my part. Holy Spirit, come. And you speak to me through your word. It's a two, it's a relationship. So as you play your part by seeking him, he will make himself very real to you. Very, very real to you. So your faith is not about striving. You're not running this race striving for, to build your faith. But it's about enjoying the Lord's presence and recognizing it. And believing that he is the one He is the founder, and he is the perfecter of your faith. So this semester, guys, we have, what, two months left, okay? For exchange students, semester students, two months left. For four-year students, however long you have, okay? Take heart. I don't want to see no students going, like, I'm so, like, tired, whatever. But here in this room, what I felt is God saying, This is a group that's firmly rooted in me. That is walking in faith, knowing that I've done it all for them. And because they just purely love me. Right? So let the Lord love you. Let the Lord love you. And receive his love and his presence. And when you recognize that, man, it's going to transform your lives. Let's pray.